Hey everyone. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Welcome to Too Legit to QT with me, Koya. I'm your host, and today I am so excited because I am with the writer and director and cast of Spaghetti Junction. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Yay. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So we're going to go around just so our viewers and our listeners can know um, how you participated in the film. We have Kirby McClure. Am I saying it correct? McClure? Yes, you are. Yes. M mm -hmm. McClure, who was the fantastic writer, director, producer. He put all the things together. So that's him right there that's to true. my right. And below me, we have, let me make sure I'm pronouncing it right, Jesse. Gallegos? Is it Gallegos? Gallegos. Gallegos. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Representing <laughs> in the building. And he played Antonio in the film. And then we have Cam McCarr. McCarr? Yeah. McCarr. What did you say? What did you say, Cam? I know. You know what? We, um, my co-host and I, we actually said that um, in our next, um, we're redoing our branding. We're going to have all of our guests kind of come up like, like we're in the Brady Bunch, and then me and her are going to be in the middle. Like, that's good. I like that. Well, we got got the I was like, oh, you don't know the Brady Bunch? Oh, shit. I'm oh, kidding. no, I know the no, I know the Brady Bunch. I feel like it always used to come on at like Nick and Nick at night and stuff like that. Yeah, Everybody yeah, knows yeah. the Brady Bunch. I'm a millennial, so I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not Gen Z, you know, so not I do that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but Cam played the dad, Dave Greenfield in Spaghetti Junction, and you both did an amazing job. I'm really, really excited just to get into it with you guys for a few minutes and talk about this film. So for those of you listening, the synopsis of the film is August Injuries. That's the main character, uh, has left her unable to dance or run like she used to. Now she spends her time imagining a friend, a lover, an adventure. And one night after she sees a strange flash in the sky, that's exactly what she gets. Although in a way she never could have expected. And so it's like, we're taken on this journey where I mean, parts of it, I was like, wow, there's a lot of symbolism in here. And so we'll get into that in a minute. But Kirby, like what inspired you first off to write something like this and how does your brain work that way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's um, a lot of ideas coming together from uh, a childhood friend that was close to me who uh, had one leg and was like the best skateboarder in town. Um, and I was always sort of, you know, uh, admired their just approach to life and how they were able to overcome their injury and, um, you know, be this incredible person with, with all the limitations and stuff. Um, and then, you know, moving uh, back. So I went to school in Atlanta and then I lived in California for a long time. And then I moved back here and, uh, you know, I moved into this neighborhood called Spaghetti Junction or very close to where Spaghetti Junction is, which is this crisscrossing of freeways. You know, it's like six different kind of large freeways that come together. Um, and in the shadow of those twisting freeways is this neighborhood where you have this mishmash of people from all over the world, uh, you know, people who've immigrated from Africa and Asia, and then you've got like the old kind of Southern people, but then you've also got these, um, you know, old factories and stuff that are abandoned here. So there used to be like a big Ford factory here and a lot of other stuff that's now just kind of covered in kudzu and overgrown. And um, yeah, it creates this sort of, um, 
almost post-apocalyptic kind of world, but there's that Southern charm to it still where at night you have, you know, fireflies and the hiss of cicadas, but it's all kind of underscored by this, um, you know, the hum of trucks and motorcycles and cars that are constantly on Spaghetti Junction, which creates this hum that's almost like this, um, like monk, you know, ohm kind of sound that's just this, that's always vibrating and sort of gives it this, almost ominous kind of undercurrent. Um, so yeah, mixing this backdrop with the story of a childhood friend of mine with this kid who had gone missing at the time, who was all over the news and in newspapers and stuff, um, it all just sort of came together uh, into this script. And then, um, you know, the casting process, of course, of trying to find Kate, uh, or trying to find August, who's played by Kate, uh, who's an actual amputee. And I wanted it to be, you know, an authentic performance and not just uh, someone that we could cast and like paint out their leg and post. I felt like that was, you know, kind of a cop out. I wanted to tell a real story that she could bring something special to, um, you know, it took about a year just of casting to kind of find her, but then uh, I did and then we made the film. So, um, but yeah, lots of ideas that came together in this backdrop of this place. I love that. And I loved that you represented all layers of diversity, which isn't just um, at your ethnicity or um, it's multiple backgrounds. And I love that um, August is played by Kate Hughes, who's actually a amputee and triathlon runner, correct? Right, yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean, guys, that was so cool. Like I, I definitely saw the theme of victor, not victim. Um, and I loved that. And I love that you use someone who could actually relate to that role. But let's talk about, um, Two of you, Jesse, and <laughs> your roles, because uh, I'll start with you, Jesse. Um, your character isn't the best human being, um, <laughs> but what I what I loved about your writing, Kirby, is that um, you have this world where all of these people are affected um, and dealing with escapism in their own way. Um, yeah. Jesse, how were you able to approach this role of almost like this troubled villain? I mean, you have a pretty intense scene. I don't want to give away the film, but like you have a pretty intense scene with August where you know you're not, you're doing some things. Like, how are you able to approach that role? And then for our actors out there, how are you able to actually put on the character and then take off the character when you're dealing with, when you're playing like a villain like that? Oh, great question. Also, your smile is so magnetic. I just can't Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Jesse. I really appreciate it. Every, people tell me that all the time, but every time somebody tells me it's like the first time, you see how I just light up like I'm five. So. <laughs> it's so wonderful. Um, yeah, this, uh, man, it's so funny because my acting career, it definitely leans towards just more villainous, evil characters, either like mm. the abusive boyfriend or, yeah, the kind of the squirmy uh, kid from the ghetto kind of thing, just just hitting on people he shouldn't be hitting on. And <laughs> so I've, I've kind of battled back and forth. And this character itself, um, I took a lot of inspiration from my older brother. Mm. In my life growing up, I didn't have my dad around. So my brother was actually my dad. I would follow him around and mm. he taught me a lot of the things that I knew. Mm. The point where I kind of broke away from him when I was in high school because I saw things that he was doing that just didn't feel it didn't resonate with me and I mm. I don't know what it was in like my core of like that's 
I don't want to follow the same path as him. But it started to build this awareness of like, I can be a good person, but I can also be aware of like people in my life that affected me well. So mm-hmm. characters like this, um, first off, is is I have a, a sense of like compassion and relativity to them because it's Antonio feels like someone close to me in my life. Mm-hmm. It lets mm-hmm. me kind of draw from that and make it so grounded and believable to me, which helps the film in general. And then that's another thing, honestly, like getting into a character like this where I have to do things that I wouldn't do on a normal basis mm-hmm. requires a lot of like comfortability, a lot of safety, and a really good sense of direction. So I have to mm-hmm. give a lot to Kirby too what he put into helping me kind of like stay grounded and, mm. and stay compassionate and feel who this kid is. And it's not, I'm not a villain in my own eyes, you know, portraying right. Antonio. I have a kid trying to get out. And, this is mm-hmm. out. and he yeah. used all these different things in the story. He uses his car and the music to drown out this, this outside noise. And he uses his vaping and smoking to keep his, mm-hmm. his nerves down, you know, and nicotine. And, and I've struggled with nicotine. I've struggled with life you know just in general mm-hmm. especially going through a pandemic and dealing with the ups and downs i mean we could talk about that of course for a whole nother <laughs> i know we have to have, have you back on the show we have a full hour we'll just get into that <laughs> i would as far as being an actor i could tell you some things during pandemic but um yeah i mean just being comfortable and having director where like i truly saw his vision mm. and a set so comfortable and the people he hired on to work together felt like a family for the two or three weeks we were shooting. So it was like, mm-hmm. I never had, I felt so open to be vulnerable and be this character because I never felt judged and I felt supported and loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. What things did you do like once you finished filming to like ground yourself? Was it like a walk? Did you journal? Did you kind of just play music or watch something completely different? Um, what did you do after you were filming to ground yourself? Oh man, yeah, I think it was different every night. I don't know if I did anything mm-hmm. like intentionally specific to get away from it. Okay. Talk about my experience, like with my partner, we would just kind of go over what happened and um, yeah, just hanging out with friends, just doing the things that I love, like giving myself love, which we talked mm-hmm. about earlier today, mm-hmm. compassion. If I didn't do it before in the day, you know, if I'm doing something serious like this, just treating myself afterwards, whether it be like meditating or reading or spending time with people I love. So That's great. awesome. You have to, because I'm like three weeks, you're holding on to that character like that. Like like and that yeah. and that brings and that brings me to you, Cam. I mean, your character, the dad, he is going through it. I just wanted to like reach out and give you a hug. I was like, you know what? I mean, he has this truck and the situation with the wife and then he has this kid and then the other kid doesn't feel loved and you have like all these things going on. And he's just like, you could totally see in your performance that struggle behind like, I need to show up and be present every day for these kids, mm-hmm. but yet I'm mourning, I'm grieving, and then I also have to function and pay bills and put food on the table, not to mention probably pay all the medical bills that yeah. came with everything that was happening. And once again, dealing with the theme of escapism and what you do you know, to try to escape and just handle that. How did you 
approach the role of Cam. Um, because I mean, you had that one scene where you hopped on the bike. I was like, whose idea was that? Because it was such a serious scene, and but I was laughing. <laughs> Who did that? That was scary too, because the, the 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 bike chain would break, and I'd be going full speed behind the camera truck. <laughs> I'm like, what? I was like, was um, that an improv moment? Let's just, I just need. No, to no, no. That was in the script. It was, oh, really? um, it was written that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. So, I saw it yeah. that way. I think. Yeah, I, I like the. I, sorry, I, I think. No, please, please, please. You know, I think it. Um, there is something that's sort of light about that particular thing because there's this kind of scraggly guy who's very intense and he's breathing hard and he's on this like little pink bike you know i think um mm -hmm. there's something about that juxtaposition that that you know immediately at the beginning of the film that makes you be like whoa what's going on here there's something more to the story like what is this and it is a little bit maybe um almost funny or light you know in the beginning but then you start to see that it sort of starts to ramp up mm -hmm. and become kind of darker when he busts into the house um but yeah Cam, I think, uh, yeah. No, yeah, I think uh, you're onto something there. I mean, that was, it's kind of a vulnerability there. You know, he's on a little girl's bike, a little pink, uh, you know. And, but, you know, more more credit to Kirby, too, with, with that. He spent a lot of time with me. He spent, I mean, we were on the phone months before we even started, just hours and hours and hours. And, um, you know, this being a, an independent film, it's obviously not a, a huge budget. And he actually flew me, you know, from Los Angeles to, to Georgia two weeks earlier, just so I can immerse myself in that environment, you know, oh, wow. and uh, and just see, you know, what, see the people and and and, and uh, you know, he had a a house that he had um, Kate, the girl who played August living in this house, an actual house. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he he spent a lot of time with me and um, and, and talked with me uh, uh, about everything, and um, you know, is this. You know, I come from, I'm from the Northwest. I'm from just north of Seattle, but I come from. Oh, my mom lives in Portland. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, I was uh, just in Portland, Seattle. A pretty working class environment. And so it's, um, you know, there's some parallels there that were not um, real difficult for me to to sort of uh, to tap into. And I, I think Kirby kind of kind of picked up on that. And um, um, I did. Yeah, he's a he's a really flawed guy, and he's really struggling really hard. And I think you know a really good-hearted person, but you know we all we all struggle. And um, you know, and he just wasn't he was failing, and and he was he was failing uh, inside too. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I feel like in a in an alcoholic home, you know, with kids. This is another thing I'm kind of familiar with a little bit on the outskirts of my life. There's a there's a sense of um, and it doesn't have to be literal. It doesn't have to be literal, but there's a sense of a threat, mm. a bit of a threat. Um, and we talked about this a little bit, and I think, you know, we got it where, where it's it's sort of a, a subtle threat with, with August, with Kate, you know, she, where she feels like she needs to kind of be careful and kind of walk on eggshells in her own home mm -hmm. and then kind of create her own reality because it's really not that, it's not great. So not to say, you know, he's, he's not a bad guy, but he's he's so far from perfect mm -hmm. and i think there's some anger and even some some violence you know not 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 in the home but within him you know mm -hmm. um, anyway a lot of a lot of this i got to give a lot of hats off to kirby but really it was um it was really a matter of me kind of um taking parallels from my own experience and myself and adding and subtracting a couple little things but it wasn't a wasn't a big stretch i also want to say real quick about uh Jesse, um, 
So it's funny because it's the first time I've seen these two guys in, since we did this. Since we're oh, yeah. And Jesse is so, he's such a good actor, man. What, you know, it's, it's, I, I had such a regret because I'd be, I'd, I'd watch him and I, I, um, I wanted to talk to him in a way, but I, but he was, you know, the thorn in my side and this, yeah. <laughs> this kid. So I never really had a chance to really, uh, to, to talk to him. And now I, I, you see this sweet guy right here, this incredibly sweet guy who's just night and day different from, you know, what he was in this thing. And, um, yeah, it's good. To, it's good to see these guys. It was, it was really, a it was the, the creative experience of my life. Um, mm. the immersive quality that Kirby brought to it. And, um, oh man. Thank you. It, it was amazing. I, I was, I was, I'm just really uh, grateful to have had that experience. It, yeah. it, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm, my heart is full of pride for the work that everybody did. Aww, <laughs> I love that. Here's for life now, whatever he wants. <laughs> yes. But you both, but I mean, even seeing you, seeing the film and seeing you both, I mean, even your face, Jesse, and your face cam, it's so much wider. I mean, you're right. Like, Jesse, you are complete, like, just that punk kid that you don't want your daughter to be with and you're just like and when you and you played it so well but even you cam i mean look at your you, there's a lightness to your face you guys like, you physically don't even look like the same people which is why i know you just did an amazing job and um i think that i wanted to talk to you also kirby about filmmaking you brought up that this is an indie film filmmaking in atlanta um i'm currently in new york um, but we have filmmakers who they film, independent filmmakers who film in LA and New York versus Atlanta. And I just wanted you to quickly talk about some of the advantages of filming in Atlanta and the disadvantages that you that you encounter. Yeah. Yeah, Atlanta has a special place in my heart. Um, so I grew up in Florida in a place called Jacksonville, Florida. And um, it, Atlanta was this kind of like stepping stone to like escape there and move, make make my way up towards New York or wherever it would be. So I went to art school in Atlanta when I was you know 18. I moved away. So Atlanta was like the coolest place, especially as an 18 year old. Like you know, <laughs> if you lived in the South, you had to make it to Atlanta. That was the coolest place to go to. Mm. And um, so yeah, and I met my wife here. We went to art school, um, and then we left and we, we moved to Los Angeles for like 12 years. Mm. Um, and then after we had a child, we moved back here to be near family and uh, to, to have a house and stuff. And then. Um, yeah, things just kind of, I started being inspired by the landscape and inspired by the differences of being like in real America. You know, I feel like LA and New York are these kind of like dreamlands where everybody's pursuing creative endeavors and these kind of things. And everyone's lost in that, you know, world of creation, which is beautiful. But sometimes I feel like to tell a story, you need to kind of live with uh, the heart and, and soul of, of, of people, you know? And, and um, yeah. so it, it was it was a good time in my life too, becoming a dad for the first time and all of that stuff. Yeah. It was good to be um, in Atlanta, which like I said, had a special place. But yeah, I was very lucky that this summer we were shooting, you know, a lot of Marvel movies and stuff shoot down here. Um, mm -hmm. But it happened to be this kind of lull between shoots. So I had this amazing crew of people who work on these kind of big budget films who happened to be available and they came on board our very small film. Um, so it was, it, it's magical that, um, you know, Atlanta's film scene has bloomed so much in the last like five to 10 years mm. because it wasn't here 10 years ago. And then now there was this amazing crew that was available and, and connected with the script and were, were um, interested to collaborate with me to, to bring the film to life. And the cinematographer is a guy named Christian Zuniga who um, has shot like all these amazing rap videos in Atlanta 
so he came up you know like doing all the rap videos but something about these rap videos that he does I, I had seen them and I was already thinking like, man, this is not just typical making the guys look cool while they're rapping. There's like a mm -hmm. sensitivity to light and mm -hmm. something poetic about the way he's capturing it. It goes beyond just like music video. Um, and then he had some other work that was really um, poetic and, and just nuanced and a very special guy. And then him and I started chatting. And when I found out that he actually lived in Atlanta, I thought he lived in LA and maybe came into town sometimes to shoot, you know, hip hop videos or whatever. But when I found out he actually lived here and I did too, we started having meetings and building this kind of um you know visual bible or like lookbook of different films that we loved uh visual references for light in the house and in this particular location and in the dream world and how we could create this look and feel that you know could be very grounded when you're in the house with them but mm -hmm. still like little bits of kind of um uh dreaminess where there's like mm -hmm. shadows on the walls that are moving because it's trees you know in the wind and like morning light coming through and then going into the dreams, we needed it to feel like something that was, it contrasted her reality. So the harsh kind of reality of like industrial stuff, and then this sort of almost uh, other planet, otherworldly kind of world she goes into in her dreams. And then as the film progresses, the two start to bleed together, you know, and then the film itself, the, the, the aesthetic of the film gradually gets more and more stylized as we go along. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it, it was amazing to have such cool and talented crew here that were available and connected with the script and, you know, just build this thing and create what we did. A hundred percent, I love that. And you can definitely tell that with the cinematography and just costume, hair, makeup, it was definitely um, very good quality. Um, there was not one low budget list thing about it. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can you can have have a small budget, but then sometimes it can look low budget. Right. There was none of that in this, so it was. That's good to hear. That's good yeah, to hear. It was definitely great. And so we're approaching the end of our podcast, guys. I'm sorry I couldn't have like more time with you, <laughs> but don't worry. You guys are friends to the show now, so we have tons of people that come back on because they're doing another film or I don't know, they booked a show. Um, and so where can everybody find Spaghetti Jump, Spaghetti Junction? Um, is it, and when will it be streaming? So we have the premiere um, Saturday night at the Austin Film Festival at 10 o'clock um, at the Galaxy Highland Theater. Okay. Um, and then until then, you know, there's no um, distribution plans just yet. So, um, you know, come to Austin if you can. Uh, it'll also be streaming online, and there's information yeah. on the Austin Film Festival website to um, get a ticket see it. if you want to see it. A lot it's of great cool. stuff. <laughs> it's virtual. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And where can people follow you on social media, really quick? Uh, Jesse, your yes. handle? Google my name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can Yeah. If you're if you're if you're not watching, listening, it's M C H A R G for my name. Where is it? Right here. Where is it? Right there. Right there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I think if you, if you check out SpaghettiJunctionFilm.com, we have okay. the trailer and we have information about the cast and the crew and the director's oh. statement and some stills and all that kind of stuff. So spaghetti, uh, yeah, SpaghettiJunctionFilm.com. I love that. And where can they follow you, Kirby? Uh, I am at Radical Friend on um, yes. Twitter. Yeah. Yes, Radical Friend. Okay. <laughs> Well, I know you guys have to make it to your next interview. Everybody, you know the deal. You can see us every week, Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for watching. And guys, Thank stay you. on a little bit afterwards. Sure. Bye. Bye. Bye.